0: You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity podcast, season three, episode two, the 52nd episode of Meet Mediocrity. So today I'm going to go solo. I have a ton of podcasts in the can, if you will, ready to roll, but there's something I wanted to cover personally today, and it's really a solo podcast about a book I read, which had a surprising impact on me, um, particularly um, impactful given the uncertainty we live in today's world. And so rather than posting one of my recorded podcasts, which I'll get back to next week, I've decided to post a podcast about this book. So it's a book review on a book that's not very new, but it was actually quite timely. So if you want to hear more, let's get started. Hello, hello. It's your host, mediocre Mitch, and welcome the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. And yes, today I'm going to go solo and do a book review. The book I'm reviewing is called The Book of Joy. The subtitle, which is quite timely, says, Finding Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. And as everyone knows, we are living in a rapidly changing world. The book was written by a man named Douglas Abrams, who was the observer, the designated observer, of a one-week visit between the Archbishop Desmond Tutu from South Africa, who visited the Dalai Lama um, to celebrate the Dalai Lama's birthday, but also to talk about... um, how to find joy? How human beings can find joy in the, in their lives, and it really had an impact on me. And honestly, I'm not usually the type of person who reads nonfiction. I'm not usually the type of person who reads things that are, I don't know, philosophical or you know, spiritual, and and actually relate to them. But frankly this book really had an impact on me. I don't know whether it was the book. I don't know whether it was the time we're living in. I don't know whether it was where I am personally, but it really resonated. Now I'm going to give my, my thoughts on the book because I think there are thoughts that just listening to this podcast can be helpful to some of you. I think if you want to read the book like that will be helpful to you as well. Um, and, and you know, you might spend a few minutes listening to this podcast and decide it's not for you, and that's fine, too. Like, here's the deal. I, I don't believe in being preachy. I don't believe in playing psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe in being, you know, um, overtly religious in my thinking. Um, I'm just going to share my thoughts. And... I'm not judging whether they're right or wrong or whether they're good for you. I'm just going to be honest and tell you why they worked for me. So The Book of Joy. It was a New York Times bestseller in 2016, five years ago. So it's relatively timely and, um, frankly, um, not a brand new book. So it's not a book review of a new book. And many of you may have read it. But, you know, here are my thoughts. I organize my thoughts. I made some notes there. You can see them scratched here on a piece of paper. But the thoughts I, 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 uh, on the book, I grouped into four buckets. Bucket one was truly loving yourself. Number two was showing empathy towards others. Number three was having empathy with yourself. And number four was the meaning of family. Uh, I didn't write those down in order to do a podcast, those are just how my thoughts kind of laid out on a piece of paper as I thought about the book so here's the thing that that struck me and i've been I've been using this since I read the book, which is I finished it about a month ago um if one well let's let's just put it this way: one of the things that I personally have said to myself and others and maybe, it, maybe it's my stage of life I'm not sure but I just want to feel joy. I just want to feel peace and happiness in my heart and soul. That is my aspiration. That is my goal in life. And after reading the book, I, I, there was a simple formula. I think, I think the Archbishop Tutu said it in the book, but, but it went something like this. If you can truly love yourself... And you can show deep and meaningful empathy towards your fellow human beings. You will find joy. Really simple formula. Really hard to implement. So, let me go through my four buckets and just share thoughts. They're a little bit. Um, they're not in a a perfectly organized order. Um, but they are four buckets of thoughts about the book that I think will resonate with people and and, and maybe give you some food for thought or even um, inspiration to read the book. So here we go. Bucket number one. If the formula really is truly love yourself plus be empathetic towards others and you'll find joy, it starts with truly loving yourself. Bucket one. It sounds super easy, but it's not. And and when I wrote Truly Love Yourself, I um was I reflected on a conversation I had with a friend of mine. I'm not gonna tell you his name. I'm gonna call him Harry, but it's a real person. And this real person is kind of roughly my age, so early mid-50s. And um of course I'm mid-50s. Um, but I spoke to Harry um Probably a couple months ago. It was definitely before Thanksgiving. I think it was early November. And if you know Harry, well, I know Harry, he was always worrying about what other people thought about him. You know, was he portraying himself to be successful financially? Was he getting good enough evaluations and rapid enough promotions at his work? Did his kids and his wife feel like, uh, believe that he was being a good father? These were obsessions he was always worried about what other people perceived of him and he actually was making would make decisions about how he spent his time how he prioritized projects even like what he would post on social media um he he did it based upon what he thought other people would view it as and how they would perceive him. So Harry told me that, you know, when we spoke before Thanksgiving that he had started um, therapy and he found a therapist that he really um, just bonded with. And he told me that he felt like he never really got unconditional approval of himself as a child. Now, I know Harry's parents, and um, I don't really know whether or not that's true, and I don't even know whether um, it needs to be true. I mean, it was Harry's perception as a child that stuck with him through adulthood that he did not receive unconditional approval of him. And by working with a therapist um, he became super excited because um, he started looking at himself through his own set of principles and his own set of values. And he started to realize that he's actually done a pretty good job. I could have told him that, but he had to realize that he was doing a pretty good job and Applying himself to his own standards and principles, he started to truly appreciate himself and his accomplishments and the type of adult he'd grown up to be. And honestly, I feel like taking, taking that first step of truly understanding, appreciating, and valuing himself is really an enormous step for Harry and something that will benefit his life. And that is the first, that, that is talked about over and over again in this book of joy. It talks about truly loving yourself as the first step to finding that joy. And the story that I remember discussing with Harry, um, you know, re- really, you know, I was remembering that conversation as I read about it in the book. So that's my bucket one, truly loving yourself. Bucket number two I have is showing empathy towards others. Now, this one is something that I've discussed in other podcasts um, because, you know, we're living in a world that is truly polarized. Whether you are on the far left of the political spectrum or the far right of the political spectrum, um, whether you are financially well off or financially struggling, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're black or white, or yellow or brown, um, you know, there is there is polarization across the world. And, you know, I was speaking with someone just last week about the riots at the U.S. Capitol. And I was discussing, you know, white supremacy and, um, you know, how it, you know, really showed its face big time at the Capitol. And the person I was speaking with was, was passionate about you know how could white supremacy be so alive and well um, in the year 2021? And how could our elected politicians, whether it's the president or others, who would get on stage and egg these people on and tell them to basically stage an uprising against our country and our democracy? Um, and how the the, the aftermath wasn't as firm and decisive as he would have liked it to be. I mean, he was, the person I was speaking with was incredibly passionate about that. And, um, you know, I am too, but he was getting a lot of anxiety and stress just thinking about how our country, and in many respects the world, has come to this kind of... um, this point in time where where there was a side of society that was so polar opposite to his beliefs and his fundamental feelings about how people should behave now i told him a story i told my this person who i was speaking with a story about um, my experience so i agree i agree with with my friend um about the, you know, how disappointing it is that that's such a large part of our country in the United States and a large part of the world is so um, disenfranchised that they feel the need to try to over overrule the government and how government officials are so, or certain government officials at least, are so focused on keeping their power that they're willing to egg people on to... Um, take the actions that are taken. And I said, you know, it bothers me, but I learned a lesson um, during COVID. Um, I've been speaking to someone who is like my meditation guru. Um, This is a friend of mine who is incredibly Zen, um, seems to have their emotions, you know, in a thoughtful place, kind of well-balanced, and that person taught me to um look at people I may disagree with through a different lens. <laughs> After I was speaking to, so I was speaking to my let's call him my Zen friend about the Capitol riots and he said to me, Do you think many of those people are truly happy with their lives? Do you think that they had meaningful love and support and caring from fellow human beings from parents from adults um what do you think and, and and we talked about it and and he you know he said you know maybe they're they're uprising against the government or being influenced by these politicians because of something they lacked in their lives as children or as adults and Now, it doesn't help, it doesn't make me condone their behavior. It helps me understand, or at least a little bit understand and empathize about those people's plight. So, I was speaking to this other friend who was last week about the Capitol riots, and um, he was telling me how incredibly upset he was. And I said, You know, I've been meditating on this empathy thing, I've been meditating on this people are are influenced by politicians who have this sort of hatred or this sort of strong um, speech motivating them to take action because of something that's missing in their lives. And um, it's helped me feel a lot less stress when it comes to all of the events that have been happening. And so... I looked back at the Book of Joy that I finished about a month ago and um, there was a sentence I found that it said, compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling that, compassion is the feeling that arises when you're confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to help them relieve that suffering. If you apply this to my point two, showing empathy towards others, and if more people's first reaction wouldn't be, I hate that politician, or I hate that person, or I hate that demographic. And instead, you said, I feel empathy towards that group. I don't agree with them, but I empathize with them as fellow human beings, as fellows, fellow sufferers. When it comes to the, the you know human life, um, it could really have an impact, and perhaps bring people of on different sides of the equation closer together. So, that's part two of my my buckets of uh, how I organized my thoughts on the book, the Book of Joy, the first one being truly love yourself, the second being showing empathy towards others. And now you can see how the Archbishop Tutu said, if you truly love yourself, bucket one, and you're, tru- you're able to show empathy towards others, bucket two, you could begin to feel that joy, that peace, that harmony in your heart and soul. So that's how I took it. Not sure all of you who are listening will take it that way, but that's certainly how I took it. So those were the first two big buckets. The other two buckets are a little bit smaller, but they also helped me. Maybe they'll help you. The third bucket was showing empathy towards yourself. And um, there were three... There were, there were some quotes in the book that, that made me put them in the bucket of empathy towards yourself. So here's the first bit. There are three, three kind of sections to this part. The first section was we all have bad experiences. Bad experiences are what makes us who we are. And if you can experience experiences with an open mind, you can create a deeper perspective for yourself. And here's, the, and by the way, those were my words. Here's the quote, the quote from the book. Um, if you look at one person's angle and you feel, oh, and you feel, oh, how bad, how sad that is. But if you look at it from another angle, that same tragedy, that same event, and you see that it gives you new opportunities, that can be enlightenment. That was the quote from the book. So showing empathy towards yourself is part one of that, at least the way I bucketed it. Part one of showing empathy towards yourself is realizing that bad experiences happen. They happen to everyone. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be mournful or sad but if you can take an open mind towards them you can grow as a person the second part of of this empathy towards yourself concept is not worrying unnecessarily not creating your own anxiety or stress um look this this is the old you know control the things you can control Uh, don't control the things you can't control. I screwed up that quote, but you know what I'm saying. Um, Here's the the quote from the book. Buddhist master, I'm going to screw up the name, but there was a Buddhist master named Shantideva who wrote, if something can be done about a situation, what need is there for dejection? Just do something about it. If nothing can be done about this situation, what use is there for being dejected? Because there's nothing that can be done about it. Um, Another quote later in the book was, why be unhappy about something if it can be remedied? And what is the use of being unhappy if it cannot be remedied? The point here, the second part of this, showing empathy towards yourself, is, look, I'm not saying don't care. I'm saying don't create unnecessary anxiety and stress for yourself over things that you have no control over. The third thing that I, that I'm going to put into this bucket of, of empathy towards yourself is keeping things in perspective. So it's funny. I, during COVID got myself a pair of binoculars and I've taken, and I also got myself an app on my phone. Let me find the app can't remember what it's called, but it's a cool app, and I look at it almost every night. I just don't remember the name. Okay, the app is called Sky Safari, and um, it's an app that you can open up, hold up to the sky, the night sky, and it tells you which stars are in the sky. It, it, it shows you what stars you're looking at. It tells you what constellations they're in, and then you can read about the star and find out, um, you know, how many light years away is it, how bright is it, you know, Um, What is its history? What constellation does it sit in? There's a lot of interesting information. Now, I don't know what drew me to doing this, but I've started doing this. I started looking at stars. And I realized that I wasn't really looking at the stars because I really wanted to know all the stars in a particular constellation. Um, And I certainly didn't want to memorize, oh, if I'm seeing this star in in position with that star, it must be this star. It it really wasn't that at all. It kind of gave me, like it opened my mind up to putting things in perspective. What I mean by that is, you know, we all know it, but if you think of the universe and how vast it is, and, and the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of stars and planets and galaxies and, con- and constellations are in the sky. And then you think about how many years, thousands and thousands and thousands of years, millions of years, that the planet Earth has existed. And then you think about our lives and how what a speck in time they are. I'm not saying it makes you not it, should, it makes you it should make you not care. It should make you not take things quite so seriously. And there were two quotes from the book The Book of Joy which amplified this to me. I'm going to read them to you. Quote 1. We are only halfway through our evolution on this planet. Thinking of our world's problems in this long sweep of planetary history really is the long view. It puts our daily lives in perspective. That was quote one. Quote two. It's actually an... It was from an... um, It was describing um, a written synopsis of, of space travel by astronauts. I don't remember which astronauts. I don't remember which journey they were on, but this is the quote from the Book of Joy. It said... Earth from space, a blue, a small blue ball floating in the vast expanse, lacking our human-made borders. The astronauts never looked at their personal or national interests in quite the same way again. They saw the oneness of terrestrial life and the preciousness of our planetary home. So all of this I put under bucket three, empathy towards yourself. Let me summarize again. We all have bad experiences. Take them seriously, but learn from them. We all have stress and anxiety, but don't create extra stress for yourself by worrying about things you have no control over. And keep things in perspective. We are but a short life in a long universe of time and space, and take things a little bit less seriously and find a little more time for joy while while we're all here on Earth. So that leaves the fourth bucket, which is a short bucket, but it's something that resonated with me. As, as many of you know, um, I lost my sister, um, tragically, um, about a year and a half ago. Um, I lost my in-laws last year Um, and I've got to see the, the really great and the really not so great in people and how they reacted and helped and comforted and all the things that accompany human tragedy. And there was a quote in the book of joy that I underlined and, and, quote and highlighted and it says wherever you have friends that's your country and wherever you receive love that's your home and so I like that because really family could be your biological family but family could be whomever it is and wherever they are who help you find joy in your life, and so that's my summary of the book of joy. I hope I didn't get too philosophical. I just really wanted to share the thoughts and quotes and buckets of information that resonated with me um, resonated in a time of stress, political unrest, social unrest, covid health concerns for your for ourselves, for our family, for our friends for our fellow citizens and fellow fellow human beings. And this book made me a little bit more joyful. And there are certain things about the book that are sitting in my head and in my heart, having finished the book over a month ago. So for that reason, I dedicated this podcast episode to the book of joy. I I hope that you found it interesting if you are interested in reading it about it, again, it's The Book of Joy by Douglas Abrams. It was a New York Times bestseller in 2016. And um, yeah, it's a light and easy and joyful read. With that, let me give a quick final update on season three of the Meet Mediocrity podcast. I am way ahead of where I want it to be. I've got a quite a few... Interviews that have already been conducted and others that are scheduled. It's a great lineup of guests and discussions. So please continue to listen to the Meet Mediocrity podcast. And if you like it, please tell your friends to listen as well. Um, there is some other treat coming, and that is a few weeks away, but I'll tee it up here. Um, I will be starting a Meet Mediocrity um, YouTube channel with uh, short videos, and uh, more to come on that. But but the uh, Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel is coming. And um, until next week, please continue in this crazy time to stay safe and healthy, and try to be happy, try to smile, and please try to find some joy.